Bitcoin has been bleeding over the last couple of weeks, and subsequently, many altcoins are down 20 to 30% from their local highs. So there are essentially two questions on everyone's mind right now. How much further could this dip potentially go? And is it now time to start laddering into altcoins? And if so, which alts should we actually accumulate? In today's video, I will give you my take on what is currently happening in the crypto market. And of course, give you some of the altcoins that I am currently looking at in terms of adding it to my bags and my plans for accumulating each one. It's been a little while since I've uploaded on the channel. So make sure you smash the like button if you're excited for this video. And without further ado, let's get straight in. Before we get into any altcoins, let's address what is currently happening with Bitcoin. Firstly, I'll go over the technicals and then the underlying reason behind why we have seen this correction. As you can see here, Bitcoin was in an ascending channel beginning in October 2023. It essentially ran up way above that to the 49k region on January 11th, but it did end up reversing this trend from a bullish trend into now what is a lower time frame bearish trend after retesting the lower bound of this ascending channel. And then we got the bearish confirmation, as you can see here with this wick, which has resulted in this push to the downside. So from a technical perspective, it's actually pretty clear for Bitcoin right now. If we do look at the chart, you can see that there is a very key horizontal support level at the 38k zone. The CME gap at 39.6 has recently been filled, and now we are waiting to see how Bitcoin reacts around this level. If we break below this level and you get an underside retest, so a support resistance flip, then that would be very, very bad for Bitcoin. And then you do have those lower price targets at the beginning of this channel, which is at the 32.7k mark. That is obviously a bit of a doomsday, at least short-term scenario for alts, though I'm sure that would be, you know, great for accumulation. Um, That's not currently what I'm targeting right now. I am keeping a very close eye on this 38k region in the hopes that Bitcoin bounces there. And of course, if that is the price action that Bitcoin starts to exhibit, then we're likely to get some nice entries on altcoins around that level. If you look at the QEMA though, we have been extended. So it's no surprise that Bitcoin has had a correction. We've seen historically when Bitcoin has experienced price action many weeks or many months uh, above the 200 uh, exponential moving average, we have ended up seeing Bitcoin revert down to that average. It happened in 2023 multiple times. And even during the bull run, when we had these massive expansionary periods, eventually Bitcoin does come down and test this level. And that is what we're seeing right now. We're seeing obviously the average creep up, the longer Bitcoin trades above the 200 EMA. And now we're seeing price action creep down until you hit some sort of equilibrium point. So that's what I'm seeing from a technical perspective. And Bitcoin has that clear support at 38k. Now, what is actually driving this sell-off? What is the fundamental driver behind this bleeding type price action from Bitcoin? Well, it's very evident that the grayscale Bitcoin trust redemptions are causing the majority of the headaches for Bitcoin's price action right now. And this is exhibited by the fact that the US return per session is actually the weakest performing session in the world, weaker than Asia, weaker than Europe. The US return uh, is getting progressively worse and worse. Why? Because the FTX estate is selling during US hours. We can see that FTX has sold about 
$1 billion of Grayscale's Bitcoin ETF, which contributes to around 50% of the outflow from GBTC. So when the spot ETF happened, of course, this was long-term an amazing thing for Bitcoin, and it's, in my opinion, going to lead to billions of dollars worth of inflows into Bitcoin. However, I think people underestimated, and maybe even we underestimated, uh, the potential impact of the GBTC redemptions as people were now able to take their money out of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which was a futures trust, um, and they're essentially now free to sell this Bitcoin. And FTX, who need to repay creditors, still owe people money, they have to sell their Bitcoin. Um, And this has resulted in a lot of selling combined with the fact that Bitcoin's biggest catalyst is now technically in the past, although we do have the Bitcoin halving to look forward to, and I'm sure long-term the structural inflows from the ETF will be substantial, at least in the short term, the major driver behind price action did become, I guess, a sell-the-news event alongside uh, this additional selling, and that's why we are seeing the bleed-type price action. But I'm not letting this deter me, I'm not letting this sway me, and I'm not panicking about this being the top, because I do believe that we do see a higher-priced Bitcoin and altcoins at some point during 2024. However, this is definitely uh, one of those typical corrections that you do see in the early stages of bull runs. And this is something I've talked about many time on, times on the show and on my Twitter account. We're probably going to get 15, 20% corrections on the way up. And this is exactly what's happening. Actually, in my 2024 predictions thread and predictions video, I said exactly that. I said in the first half of 2024, I was expecting a 20% decline. I didn't quite think it would happen literally two or three weeks after that tweet, um, but it ended up happening. And it should be no surprise during the early stages of a bull run that we do get this type of price action. So now you have an idea of what is happening with Bitcoin. What is the strategy with altcoins? Well, for me, the strategy is have my buy list well prepared. So if you don't have a plan with the altcoins you want to accumulate, now is the time to come up with that plan. Put it in a TradingView watch list, put it in a CoinGecko watch list, whatever you need to do and start setting alerts clear horizontal levels where you would like to accumulate and start planning to accumulate those alts. Nothing worse than going into the market blind without a plan. So in today's show, I'm going to run through, I think it's six or seven altcoins, which I'm particularly interested in, uh, at least in the shorter term to accumulate. Obviously, there are some amazing coins, but maybe they don't have so many short-term catalysts to negate some of the negative price action, which could see them stagnant for quite some time. Instead, today's video will be focusing on the altcoins, which I actually do believe have strong current narratives. One of the most powerful things that you can do as a crypto investor is trade relative strength. And a way you can do this is during market corrections, monitor the coins which are holding up the best relative to the rest of the market. And I'm going to give you a few of those today. Now, it's funny that I just said I was going to give you the strong coins because I'm going to kick off this altcoin list with a weak coin, uh, which contradicts what I just said. But sometimes there are anomalies in the market, uh, which you need to identify. Rollbit is one of them, in my opinion. So Rollbit has experienced some pretty average price action. I mean, the rest of the market pumped 20 to 30% while Rollbit has essentially stagnated, moved sideways, even gone down over the last month or so. So not great price action from Rollbit. But I do believe there are some exciting things to look forward to in terms of Rollbit. They have been teasing this big announcement uh, that they're going to come out with, and we know when things tend to stagnate, Rollbit does like to innovate. We saw that happen with the buyback and burn function that they implemented. The other thing to note with Rollbit, uh, and even though it's been lagging, its revenue has been really, really strong. So it's actually making more money than ever. It's burning more Rollbit than ever, and it's had a few 
really strong weeks of fee generation on the platform. So if this keeps up, the underlying fundamentals are strong enough for me to be interested to continue to accumulate Rollbit because we know in a bull run, people will have excess liquidity to gamble. They love doing it on um, crypto casino type things like Rollbit. Also gives you the option to trade perps. So it's really your one-stop shop for all the DGENs out there. And that's why I do like it as a long-term spot hold and thus spot accumulation play. Now, in terms of technicals, what I'm currently identifying right now is on the daily, this major support at the 0.096 region, keeping my eye out to see how we react around this level, keeping in mind that we are currently making lower highs on the daily time frame, and that we do need to clear uh, this current resistance level in order to push up um, to the upside. And what you really want to do is clear that 15 cent level structurally because that would be now a uh, higher high on the lower time frames instead of continuing to make lower highs which obviously is bearish price action so this level here watch how it reacts could be a very very nice buy zone where you can set a stop loss in terms of spot accumulation can also apply that to the low leverage customers out there, but of course, spot is probably the safer way to go. By the way, if you do want to trade any spot assets and you want to buy any of these assets, you can do so on SmartX and get some of the best swap rates in crypto. If you go onto any of their networks, as you can see in the top right corner, um, you can get access to a variety of altcoins. In fact, a lot of the altcoins in the crypto market you can actually access through their hybrid aggregator because it aggregates across a variety of LP providers. So you can actually search up pretty much any coin or paste its address directly off CoinGecko and you will probably find um, the ability to swap it on SmartX. That's amazing. So if you need anywhere to swap um, and you've ever been confused when it comes to swapping, you don't know whether a coin's on Uniswap, whether it's on another aggregator, just use SmartX. It'll take the headache out of it and it will give you some of the best swap rates so you don't have to worry about that. And while you're at it, if you do want to farm and earn some extra APRs on your cryptocurrency to keep that stack earning away during this correction. You can also take part in the LPs on SmartX and earn yield up to 50-60% um, depending on what pool you deposit into and you also get the benefit of the impermanent loss mitigation tool, which makes some of the SmartX returns some of the most competitive in the space. As you can see in front of you on Bitcoin ETH, on the Ethereum blockchain, it actually led to an impermanent gain of 23%. Uniswap, that LP, only gained 0.96%. Arbitrum USDC on Arbitrum on SmartX, you would have had an impermanent gain of 9.4% versus Uniswap at just 1.3%. So as you can see here, it routinely outperforms the competition in terms of impermanent loss slash impermanent gain. If you don't understand that concept, it's basically the percentage spread uh, that you lose or in some cases gain when you combine two tokens together to provide liquidity because obviously it needs to be balanced 50-50 in a pool. Um, so obviously SmartX has that uh, mechanism built into it to enable you to get the best out of your rate. So if you do want to swap or farm, link in the description below to SmartX. I highly recommend checking it out. All right, on to the second altcoin of today's video. It's actually Render. Now, Render has a couple interesting narratives going for it. The major one that I want to discuss today is the Apple Vision Pro launch, which is happening on February 2nd. We know how AI altcoins ran really, really hard into the OpenAI conference, and I feel like the Render... Apple Vision Pro narrative could end up doing a similar thing. Now, it might not happen right now, uh, but I think at some point post-launch of the Vision Pro or even around the launch of the Vision Pro, 
render could catch a bid uh, for a few reasons. One, it's just a simple proxy bet because it's, you know, GPU power. It's a general consensus in the market that, um, you know, metaverse, games, AI, etc. need GPU power. So it just becomes a proxy. And the other reason is that I expect Render to come out with some partnerships around this time with new games, new studios, etc. to announce their collaboration. They'll definitely want to capitalize on the hype. And I think in terms of price action, that could result in some hype. Now, if the market continues to bleed, of course, you might not actually make uh, pure gains on this, but I think at least relative to the rest of the market, it should hold up better in my opinion. So from a technical perspective, what are the levels to really watch for render? The first level is the 3.36 level on the daily. This is the next major support, but you do also have this extended bull trend, which began at the $1.50 region, um, which has been pretty much a series of of higher highs and higher lows, apart from, you know, the recent price action, that is also converging with the horizontal level I pointed out. So this pocket in here, uh, this pocket here between the 3.2 to 3.4 level, this is a really interesting level to actually buy render at, in my opinion, um, because then that gives you a clear invalidation. You also have the 200MA, which you guys know that I like by now, if you've been watching my shows uh, for quite some time. This is creeping upwards, and that's likely to converge with this zone, probably by March slash April. So renders a very interesting one and one that I'm um, definitely interested in uh, accumulating if there is further downside, not too much further to go to that next support level, but definitely one I might start nibbling at in the near future. All right, now for the most degen coin of today's video, I thought I would just mix it up and chuck something crazy in there. Um, it's Miro. Now, not much to say on the fundamental side because it's basically just a Solana meme coin, but it did get a Bybit listing, and we know uh, the Wife coin um, performed really well, WIF, after its Bybit listing. They get doubled um, uh, upon listing. We've also seen Bonk perform really well. So all I'm doing here is I'm just seeing if it continues to gain momentum. It's only got a market cap of 162. I say only, but in reference to things like Bonk, it's still reasonable, but it is definitely starting to gain steam, and it's one of the only charts in crypto right now that actually looks really, really solid. The rest look pretty terrible. Okay, it has had a major pullback, but it's still in, in a nice uptrend. The Twitter engagement's crazy, so if you're into meme coins... Uh, definitely take a look into this one. I think this could uh, this, this could definitely surprise people, but it's one of the riskier ones in today's video. From a technical perspective, not much to give you on this front apart from um, the fact that you when, when you trade meme coins, what I like to do is this. It's super, super simple. I like to put in the local highs. So I like to put in my horizontal raise at every high and I kind of mark these as support resistance levels and I like to trade off them. Pretty simple strategy, but it works pretty well because a lot of the time meme coins, when they run up, they make these bull flags and then they um, obviously cross uh, their, their resistance levels and then they form new structures. So this is kind of how I traded Pepe, did quite well on the long side and then actually the short side on, on Pepe earlier in the year. And um, this is kind of how I, I would just play every single meme coin like Myra. Okay, back to business. Got some real, uh, real fundamentally strong alts now, not meme coins. Um, the first one's Chainlink. Chainlink is really interesting because we've seen Larry Fink come out and really endorse real world assets as a strong vertical um, in crypto. So with real world assets now, probably one of the most dominant narratives in the crypto space. And I only expect that to grow over the coming months and years. Chainlink is really, really positioned well for upside. Why? Because whenever a real world asset gets tokenized on chain, it needs a price feed to match 
the data or the current information from the real asset in the real world to the tokenized version on the blockchain. For that, you need oracles. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the best proxies for real assets. Do we go on the protocol side? Do we get the best, you know, yield dApps for for real assets? Do we go with the L1s because they're going to have a lot of these dApps? Do we go for things like MakerDAO, etc.? I actually think the easiest way to get exposure, indirect, but also, you know, relatively direct exposure um, to real assets is oracles. So obviously you've got your smaller oracles. I think you've got Python, Solana, a few other small ones. But I mean, the bona fide one is Chainlink. So you could almost view Chainlink as the Bitcoin of real assets. So for that reason, um, Chainlink to me becomes a pretty integral part of my core portfolio. You know, when I say um, core portfolio, you, you got Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, your major L1s, Chainlink is right up there for me. Uh, it's one that I'm underexposed to, so that's why it's on my watch list for accumulation. I don't quite have uh, as big of a Chainlink bag as let's say I have a Solana or an ETH bag, so so I would really like to change that. Um, I've started nibbling, but I've got a few levels which I become more interested at nibbling at. The first one is $11.60. This would be an absolute blessing. This is the next major horizontal support level that I really, really like and I've got my eye on. Then, of course, you also um, have these you know, lower targets, which were the initial range before the breakout, but I don't think we're getting there, guys. I really, really don't. I'm not going to doomsday here and say we are, because I don't think we are. So this would be the next level where I'm really interested in accumulating Chainlink Heavy. Until then, I'll just continue DCAing. So I'm not necessarily waiting for $11.50, because we might not get there. This is obviously where my big buys come in, and then I ha- I'll have some sort of invalidation below, but it's definitely a major level for me to trade off, uh, and in the meantime, I'll probably just DCA in, start building up that position. It did hit a local high of 17. So you're already getting, what is that now? A drawdown of 21% from the highs. So decent pullbacks. And it's funny, everyone was asking for pullbacks just a few weeks ago. Everyone was desperate for a pullback. You're getting the pullback now, right? You're getting it. So all the old coins you wanted to buy a few weeks ago, well, put them on that damn watch list um, because now it's actually the time to start coming up with your plans, especially as a lot of these head towards you know super key um, support levels. Another sector of altcoins, which has had a significant drawdown yet a few weeks ago, everyone wanted to ape into is the restaking narrative. So you've got the eigenlayer airdrop happening soon and restaking has obviously risen to prominence as a trend inside crypto. Um, and it's a real bull market narrative because... In 2021, we had the DeFi, uh, you know, yield, Ponzi's, where everyone was chasing APR. I think the restaking protocols are this cycle's version of the yield Ponzi's, except they're more mature because they make a lot more sense. And there are more capital efficiency benefits to restaking than there were to some of these crazy Ponzi's that were pretty much just purely funded on speculation. So restaking for me is the new version um, of the 2021-2022 DeFi Ponzi's. And um, I really like it as a narrative, especially in a bull run. Now, I think this narrative performs a lot better because I think the appetite for staking is, is a lot better in a bull market. And not necessarily, you know, if we continue to do this chop and this bleed, but these are coins that are on my accumulation list because I do want them for the remainder of 2024. Something like Restake, which is one of your major uh, bets in this sector. It was at 248. Now it's down to 149. You're getting those drawdowns of 30, 40%. Definitely uh, starting to add some of these to my portfolio, and I wouldn't discount restaking as a narrative in 2024, especially with that eigenlayer airdrop. 
And from a technical perspective, right now we're teetering at the edge of this current level, but the next major support level is that dollar region. So keep your eye out for if we come back down and test. I think we probably will have one more wick down. We saw this major wick to a dollar ten. Anything in this range, I'll probably you know start nibbling. Even right now, um, just kind of monitoring how we end up reacting to this level. When you're watching the video, uh, this is probably filmed a few hours before, but it should still be above this level, um, or at least around this level. Just watch and monitor if it holds. If it does, I mean, it's probably defying us and this is actually the time to buy. But you do probably want to give this, because this is on the one-hour chart, at least uh, a couple days of price action around this level. Because there is really no rush right now to buy. I don't think the crypto market is in some crazy um, reversal mode yet. I mean, the signs just aren't there. It's still been a bit of a bleed despite some shorter time frame, lower time frame bounces. So um, this isn't what I'm desperate for, but I've got my levels marked out and uh, definitely one that I'm looking at accumulating. Before I give you the final two altcoins of today's video, and I've saved some of the best altcoins until last, I want to bring to your attention another narrative uh, that I think is going to be really strong, and that's institutional DeFi. So this isn't something we've actually really seen take off yet, because there aren't that many products that can actually facilitate institutional DeFi, but I'm referencing essentially the infrastructure protocols that are built in order to facilitate these bigger players entering the world of DeFi. So that means, you know, being able to get access to yield and staking yield across a variety of chains, compounding that yield, um, creating custom strategies, etc., leveraging the liquidity in crypto. Uh, for RWA is when they end up taking off, like we think they're going to take off, all that will be super appealing to institutions that want to get into um, earning money from these, these tokenized assets on chain. So huge, huge vertical. One of the projects in that vertical that I'm definitely looking at is Spool. They're pretty much, in my opinion, uh, the bona fide institutional gateway for DeFi right now. And although we haven't seen it take off yet, it's something in the future that I think definitely will. And Spool are actually one of the only MICA-compliant SDKs in the world for all DeFi infrastructures out there, which is um, super cool. So basically means they have that European compliance to offer this to you know legit big exchanges, TradFi funds, hedge funds, etc., um, which is really awesome. So although this might be a medium to long-term play, in the short term, if you do want to play around and see what this world could look like, right now there are vaults uh, on Spool that you can play around with to earn yield in crypto, but also you can create your own vault. So if you go into Spool and click Create Vault, you can actually customize your own risk parameters to create a vault which essentially earns you yield across a variety of assets, ETH, USDC, USDT, and does so in a secure and compliant way. So as you can see here for USDT, there are 12% APYs, 8% APYs, etc., all available. Um, and you can essentially select your own custom strategy, choose which pools you want to wait towards, choose the amount of risk you want to take for that pool, and get a real custom uh, strategy built which fits your needs uh, based on the coins that you want to stake. So I highly recommend checking out Spool in the link in the description if you do want to create a vault that gives you all sorts of benefits like auto compounding, uh, risk management, etc. versus managing your own vaults. For example, if you wanted to stake USDT, right, or USDC, earn some yield on your stable coins or Ethereum, and you wanted to diversify risk, you would need to manually go onto Aave, Morpheus, Compound, etc. and stake all of it and manage it and um, every time you're paying gas because you're going to compound back into the farm when you earn rewards, it's a bit of a mess. Something like Spool 
automatically does it all for you, automatically compounds it for you, automatically allocates it for you based on your parameters and, and you don't really have to worry. So um, that's going to be super appealing, not just to users, but I think to institutions that want a solution infrastructure to actually facilitate that on a wider scale. So link in the description to check out Spool, who is, of course, an amazing sponsor of the show. Next, I want to discuss two more coins. The first one, I don't need to really talk much about. It's Jupiter. They've got an airdrop on the 31st. This is uh, quite an interesting one because they just announced their latest launch pad. We know it's kind of launch pad slash IDO season, a couple of big IDOs recently, um, and a few big launch pad launches, namely on Ape Terminal, which have resulted in a lot of hype for that narrative. Jupiter clearly clinging onto that hype and announcing this in the lead up to their official token launch. So for Jupiter, my plan isn't necessarily to ape in on day one. I think it's going to run up pretty hard and then I think it's going to cool down and consolidate. This is typically what happens with new launches. They typically run on day one, day two, then they cool down, then they consolidate, and that gives you a baseline to be able to start averaging into the token. So for me, um, I'll probably be looking to get a Jupiter position whilst we go through that lull, that cooling down effect after the launch. So this is definitely one on my radar. The launchpad narrative, I think, is strong that adds to that. And then the final one is Metis. Metis is a coin that I missed in December. I really wanted this trade and I missed it. Um, I was playing the other EIP trades. You guys know I've been talking about L2s for a while. EIP 4844 upgrade. And I was playing like the Arbitrum, Optimism kind of plays, but I missed Metis for whatever reason. Um, and I was quite annoyed about it. However, I feel like I'm getting a bit of a second chance now because it's come down from 125 back down to the $79 region. I mean, it's a 30% drawdown. That's given me another chance to get some entries over on Metis. So from a technical point of view, you've got this key support level at $71. I'm very interested because it's a level we've tested three times. This would be the fourth time. Okay, the break of the 200 MA is not good. We don't want to stick down below it for too long. But I still am very interested at this level. Also gives you that nice validation that we always look for when it comes to managing risk on trades, especially leverage trades, but also spot trades or low leverage trades as well. Um, just, yeah, to manage risk off those levels. And yeah, Metis is, is one that I really like. I would love to add it to my portfolio because it has a few big narratives. It's got, firstly, the fund that they've got, their $100 million ecosystem fund, which has really been performing well lately. And then you've also got, of course, the Den Kun upgrade, which is coming very, very soon, which is going to lower the cost of roll-up fees um, or costs by 10x. So L2s are going to become a lot cheaper. Ecosystems like Metis, Arbitrum, Optimism, they're going to be a lot cheaper to use. And that's only going to be positive for layer two adoption. So Metis also rides off the back of that trend as well. So my plan over the next few weeks is to continue to monitor these altcoins, get entries on these and some other alts that are in my watch list if we do hit those levels. So I'm playing very technical right now because I don't feel this urge to jump in and race into accumulating. I'm going slow, so I'm mostly waiting for my technical setups to play out. And in the meantime, I'm just focusing on other things as well, like airdrop farming, for example, which never really stops. You can always airdrop farm um, because it's a free or at least a low cost way, usually just fees. Um, to actually get your hands on tokens. So one of the airdrops that I've farmed already because I've completed the testnet is DOP. If you haven't done it yet, uh, it's for data ownership protocol. They've pledged to airdrop 1% of their token supply and they'll be launching a token very soon. Over 1.2 million testnet participants have taken part in the testnet. 
for 2.1 million transactions, 283,000 people have completed it. So that's absolutely amazing. And if you want to be one of these users, because these people are going to be receiving an airdrop to receive an airdrop yourself, all you need to do is go to the link in the description, go to the DOP website and complete the steps. And they're all free to complete uh, in order for you to land an airdrop. It's free. So it's not like one of these mainnet airdrops where you're spending hundreds of dollars on gas. It's free. It's a testnet airdrop. So you just create your wallet. Then what you do is you start uh, completing the task. The first task is follow them on Twitter. Very, very simple. The second task is claim testnet Ethereum. Very simple. Then you claim testnet DOP. It's free because it's on testnet. Very simple. Then you claim testnet assets. Encrypt assets. You get to test the protocol, which is obviously the jewel of all this. Uh, The ability to obfuscate and have control and sovereignty over your own assets. That's the most important part of the protocol, right? Um, essentially enabling you to encrypt assets in your wallet so the world doesn't see what you hold and what you're trading. I think it's amazing and it's needed because crypto is very transparent, but it has some downsides too. Imagine if everyone had access to your bank account and could see every single transaction you're making. The world would fall apart. So crypto also needs these protocols and we haven't really had good iterations of privacy preserving protocols yet uh, until now, until protocols like DOP. Um, uh, are launching. And of course, when mainnet comes, you'll get to test it out for real. But for now, you can test out the experience and it's very cool. So you encrypt your assets, then you can head over to the next step, which is step six, which is sending assets. After that is done, you can head to the final step where you can just share an invite link, get three friends to sign up and you can maximize the amount of points uh, that you can earn for an airdrop. So super, super awesome. And that will give you access to Adopt Airdrop. They also just recently announced that they're having an official audit uh, with their official audit partner, which is Hacken, one of the first audits, which is obviously amazing because when it comes to an ownership protocol, it has to be secure in terms of the smart contract layer. So amazing to see that they're taking that very seriously and investing significant funds in making that happen as well with Hacken being one of the biggest Web3 security auditors. So that is today's video. Let me know in the comments below if I missed any altcoins. If you did, enjoy the show, smash the like button, subscribe if you're not already subscribed to the channel, and I will see you for a video tomorrow. See you later. Peace out.